And hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Peter's Content-Free Podcast, episode 3, season 1, volume 1. There's a lot of crazy stuff happening out there in the world, stuff that can really keep you up at night, and uh, we're going to go ahead and leave that, all of that, uh, to other people to talk about. I personally, uh, I don't mean to rehash um, stuff that I've already gone on about, gone on about, but... Um, I do want to briefly, um, for anyone that was wondering what happened with my coffee maker, I do want to tell you, I don't, personally, I don't go back and listen to my own podcasts. Um, for anyone that has listened to their own voice being recorded, it can be a little weird to listen to your own voice, your own recorded voice. I've gone, I've gotten over most of the uncomfortableness, but it's still just not my, my favorite thing to do. So I don't really remember what I've talked about. For the most part, I do. I thought I had told you guys, um, guys and girls, that I had, I had run the the white vinegar through it several times. Um, but I must not have told you that I ran the white vinegar through it several times because a bunch of people told me to run white vinegar through it. Um, regardless, I did w- run white vinegar through it, and um, that was even before I finished the last podcast. Regardless. I'm saying regardless a lot, but anyways, um, my coffee now is uh, very drinkable. It was drinkable before, but it's not even bitter anymore. I didn't even get a different coffee maker. Uh, the crazy thing about doing a podcast on why your co- about your coffee tasting bad is that everybody uh, gives you advice, and you get. I probably got a hundred different pieces of advice in all sorts of different directions. It's kind of like how I used to tell people that. I, when I used to tell people that I had chronic headaches, I just eventually I just stopped telling people that I had headaches because everyone uh, would used to have advice and feedback, and everyone had had ideas and solutions um, that they were pretty much a hundred percent. It seemed like they were a hundred percent sure about, um, and everyone had a different idea, and half of them I had already tried tried already, and half of them just seemed totally so totally far-fetched, and um, I just, it's like, if everyone has a different idea, how, I can't go trying everyone's idea. It's, you could spend your whole life, I mean, for headaches, I guess it is probably worth trying your whole life to get rid of headaches, but, I mean, I'd rather just go to the doctor, right? And I did go to a lot of different doctors. Anyways, this podcast is not about chronic headaches. That seems a little too serious. But look, I got my coffee maker working again, making non-bitter coffee. Well, I mean, coffee is supposed to be a little bit bitter, right? That's the whole reason I didn't like coffee in the first place. When I used to take a little sip of my dad's coffee, even when he had a little bit of cream and sugar in it, I thought it was bitter beyond belief, and I couldn't I couldn't understand why people liked it at all. Dad, why are you drinking that? And he just shrugged and would take another sip and would make it look so satisfying. I was almost determined back in the... In the far back reaches of my head somewhere to like it one day. And then, you know, 10, 15 years later, there I was, sipping on my own coffee, even without cream and sugar, wondering how it was possible that it was so satisfying and so comforting and warm. Anyways, I, I fixed my coffee maker. I, I just pretty much grabbed a couple of random pieces of the hundreds of little tidbits of advice out of the comments of the last video where I was telling about all my bitter coffee problems. Um, the problem is... I grabbed two of them at once, and when you're doing a little experiment like this, you want to have, you know, you want to control all your variables and only change one thing at once. So the first time I made coffee after that video, I changed two things at once. That is, I, the two things I did was I both changed the temperature. I turned down the temperature of the carafe from medium carafe, the the coffee pot, like the little heater underneath. I turned that down from medium to low, and I used... I didn't use my tap water like I always do. I used, for some reason, I have like a big five-gallon jug. Is it five gallons? It might be like two and a half gallons. I have like a jug of like mineral bottled water uh, that I bought. You know, I panicked. I panicked, bought it uh, during some, they, there was some blizzard or, no, it was it was the hurricane that was going to come and wipe out the whole eastern seaboard. I bought it before that because I, you know, I didn't want to die. You know, that bottle of water was going to keep me alive throughout what, you know, whatever you know, hell or high water. So uh, I had a bunch of that left. So I both lowered the temperature of the heater under the carafe and I used bottled water. 
And, lo and behold, the coffee wasn't bitter anymore. But I didn't want to keep on using, uh, you know, bottled water if I didn't have to. It's much more convenient to use the tap water, as gross as the tap water in my apartment is. I've never lived anywhere before where the tap water... I don't, I don't know if I should share this detail with you. It's a little bit disgusting, a little bit off-putting. But in my shower, I have to scrub it. I mean, it's good to clean your shower in your bathroom and clean in general. But I've never lived, lived anywhere before uh, where the there's like weird pink residue that gathers on the shower tiles. Maybe that's normal. Maybe other people have that problem. But I mean, I, ha- I have a friend that lives down the street... And he doesn't have that happen where he lives. And I'm, I'm gathering he has the same water flowing through his house. I don't see how I would have any different water. Uh, but anyways, and, and then it makes me wonder if, if there's like weird pink residue coming from the water there. And I drink, I'm drinking the same water that's coming out of the bathroom faucet. That's coming out of the same, that's coming out of the kitchen faucet. That's going into my body because I just fill up my water bottle over and over again from the kitchen faucet. Uh, the tap water there is that p- weird pink residue being residued inside my body, like is it, is it inside my throat, and and my 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 stomach and my intestines and and somehow being deposited inside all my veins, and I'm am I just gonna suddenly like lock up one day and grind to a halt and fall over dead, and they're gonna you know do an autopsy and they're gonna be like, huh, this guy shouldn't have been drinking that tap water. He's got this weird pink residue. And there's not like a, it reminds me, the weird pink residue reminds me of that, um, the cat in the hat, how they had toilet bowl rings. Was it toilet bowl rings or bathtub rings? I don't know. That's what it reminds me of. Has anyone else read the cat in the hat? I feel like everybody, I feel like a lot of you have read the cat in the hat, so I don't know why I asked it like that. Has anybody else read the cat in the hat? Anyways, the second time I made coffee, I stopped using the bottled water. I went back to the tap water, and I just kept the temperature from medium down to low, and once again, to my to my my pleasure, I was happy to find out that the coffee was not crazily bitter like it had been before. Nice. So, have I solved the the mystery of the coffee, the bitter bitter coffee maker? I think so, except that it seems like after making maybe five or six pots again. It's starting to get bitter again. Is it in my head? Do I need to run? Do I need to run? Excuse me. Do I need to run white vinegar through it every now and then? Is that like a regular thing you need to do? It does have a self-clean cycle, but I mean, I don't know. You know, there's all these people, you know, commenting in the comments, you know, trying to live my life. Right, Peter, you should just, Peter, you seem like the type of guy you should just get a French French pressed. Peter, just get a just get a cheap $25 one. Just do this, just do that. Like uh first of all, a French press thing, it's you're acting like it's a lot easier. Um I mean in I mean it's I guess it's like the simplicity of it is appealing, you know, because you know you're not using like a machine. Um, but I don't know, you gotta like heat you got there's like more steps to it. You gotta like heat up the water, and then pour the water into it, and press it down, or I don't know how it works. I'm not, I mean, I'm not totally against the idea of it, but can you make, you know, those things aren't like that big. Can I make three cups of coffee with one French press thing? I don't know, I'll look into it. Plus, one time my friend, well, I guess I guess French press, French presses are just about just as fragile as like a carafe, carafe? I, never, I don't know how to say that word, I'll just say coffee pot. It's, it feels weird saying that word, carafe. I think it's carafe. Does no one else say carafe? I feel like we all say coffee pot these days. Um, anyways, I went skiing this past weekend. Pretty fun, except I don't like skiing. It's just not my type of sport. Uh, my type of sport is more like... I mean, I'm not like a huge sports person anyways. I played some sports in high school. I played... Uh, soccer for two or three years, and I was on the swim team one year. As far as swim, the swim team was a strange thing. I think I just did it because my friend was in it, you know. I just wanted to belong. I just wanted to belong. Sorry, I just dropped a toothpick. Can you hear this? That's a toothpick. 
I just uh, joined the, the soccer team was fun. The swim team was fun. The swim team, I loved the practice, the swim team practices, you know, just hanging out, practicing, swimming back and forth. Uh, and the swim team meets, like when we're actually racing, uh, those were hellish, nightmarish for me. I hated those. My favorite stroke uh, was the backstroke. And uh, that was just because for, personally, when I, when I'm racing in the water, when I'm racing anywhere, uh, you know, you're working hard. You're out, personally, I'm, I was probably out of shape, but I like to be able to breathe whenever I want. And I obviously was not like a great, I was not, you know, in, in the upper tiers of swimmers or racers or anything like that. I like to be able to breathe whenever I want. So the backstroke is my favorite stroke because my mouth was out of the water uh, almost all the time. So I could just, I could just go at it, swim as hard as I wanted and and just huff and puff away. But if you're doing, you know, like freestyle or any of the other strokes, you know, breaststroke, butterfly, whatever, you gotta, you gotta time and kind of pace your breathings. I don't know, I could never really get the hang of it. And I just didn't have a good time. I mean, I would do those, I would practice those strokes during swim practice, but swim practice was fun because you just gotta hang out and hang out with your, uh, you know, swim team friends or whatever. But then the, the, the swim meets, far too intense for me. I'm just too casual. Just, I mean, look at me. You guys know me. I'm, I'm just a very casual person. I don't really like racing. I don't like racing. It's just, uh, it's, it's not who I am. I mean, uh, and then I played soccer, and I was always a very defensive person because uh, when it came, I first started playing. The first, I feel like the first time I played soccer, and I've realized what def, what position I wanted to play was in like fourth or fifth grade in elementary school. No, third, no, fourth or fifth grade. And uh, it was just in during recess, you know, the teachers would take us up to the soccer field, wherever that was, you know, toss, divide us up into teams, toss the ball out there, you know. We knew that the goal was to kick the ball into the other team's goal. And so we'd go at it. And it didn't take me very long to realize that everyone wanted to kick the ball into the other team's goal. So every single person on every team, except for the goalies, it seemed like, would go straight for the ball, and they all wanted to put their foot on the ball and kick it into the goal. And so there would just be this massive, you know, huddled, you know, like like a crazy mob of little kids all around the ball, uh, kicking each other probably more than the ball itself. And eventually, the ball would just kind of shoot out of the midst of all the kids in some random direction, and then the whole crowd would go running after it, and then whichever kid uh, from whichever team uh, got to the ball first would kick it off in that direction. Um, so it seemed it all seemed like kind of madness to me. So what what would stress me out is when someone from the other team would get to the ball first, and eventually, you know, inevitably they would score just out of sheer luck. So then I decided I was going to be a defensive player and just stay between uh, that mass of people and the goal, and in case the ball happened to shoot out of the mass of people and come towards our goal, I'll be there to kick it back, and um, you know, towards the mass of people or the goal or whatever. So I was like a little, like a little safety check guy. And so then, later, when I found out about like actual soccer positions, um, I, th I don't know if I played soccer in. I, d I think I did play soccer in middle school. A little bit. I don't think I was on the actual team. I was too busy being like nerdy and stuff. Uh, but then I played um, soccer in high school. I was a, I was like a defense. Some defense. I, I was I did a little bit of sweeping. Yeah, it was good. Plus, you don't have to run around quite as much depending on your position. I don't know people that actually care about soccer or football, whatever they want to call it. I, I don't know. I was never very serious about it, and our team was awful. Our team was very bad. Our high school team was probably the worst. I mean, we weren't the worst. One time we got to playoffs just because enough other um, teams in our area, like high school teams in our area, they like forfeited or we happened to beat them by sheer luck somehow. Uh, we got to the fir our first playoff game. The other team scored 10 goals in the first half. We scored zero. And then uh, they put on all their bench warmers. And then we really tried really hard. We had all our best players on, and we scored one goal 
in the second half. So by the end of the game, it was 10 to 1, and we felt pretty good about ourselves. So, I mean, we obviously shouldn't have been there at all. It was some sort of weird fluke, some weird glitch in the in the ladder system. But, you know, we were there, and uh, we made the playoffs, and we were playing on some crazy college AstroTurf field that we had never, you know, felt like we had any reason to be on. So we liked it, and we were happy about it. And we went back home feeling moderately victorious, despite the fact. All right, hello everybody. I'm back. It's a different day. I don't know what I was talking about before, um, but I do remember mentioning how I didn't like skiing very much. Um, I never actually got up to the double black, triple backflip diamonds, or whatever the super advanced tryhard slopes are called, where you you know, f you know, shred the gnar on the fresh pow, you know, whatever they say. I didn't get up to any of that. I actually only stayed on the green slope, which I believe was called easy street. Uh, and I had my fair share of, I, f I will say when I first went there, um, last, I don't know if that was like last year, the year before last year, when I went, I didn't ski at all. Cause I was just like, uh, I look, I'm pretty good at not doing things. I don't want to do if I don't have to do them. Like that's the thing I don't want to do. So I'm not going to do it. Um, so last year when I went, I went with my friends, and I didn't want to ski, so I didn't ski. I just hung out in the lodge and drew pictures and drank warm beverages. Um, but uh, the year before that, I went down Easy Street. Actually, there's a whole... Well, that's another story for a different day. But anyways, what I wanted to say was I went down Easy Street at least eight times this year. Uh, before I fell down even once, and that was just because I was trying advanced turning maneuvers. Um, anyways, I never actually went up one, you know, one difficulty to the next slope, which would be the blue slope. This goes like green, blue, black. This is this is in a very. This is in the Blue Ridge Mountains, and you know the Appalachian Mountains. So this is not like a very crazy. You know, this is not like the Rocky Mountains or the Alps. You know, people who are super into skiing uh, will probably save their ski money uh, for somewhere, uh, you know, where you can really get into the the meat and the flesh of the sport. Uh, this is not really that place. This is very, I don't know, it's probably very amateurish all around. Or, But I don't know, if you're there and you like skiing, maybe you'll go do it. I don't really know how it works, all these ski people types. Um, but... Anyways, as I was saying, before we went there, like the third, we got there on Friday and the Thursday before the slopes were apparently, you know, just kind of half mud, uh, but there was a cold snap and it even snowed some. And, uh, of course all these slopes, they have like these, um, special machines, you know, they pump up water, I guess pump, they must pump water into themselves out of some spring. I, I hope that they have spring water some sort of natural spring water, otherwise these ski these ski lodges, these slopes would have astronomically high water bills. Uh, and then they start pumping man-made snow out onto the slopes. Back when I was little, I heard about these man I heard about the concept of man-made snow, and I just assumed that when they said man-made snow, they meant stuff that just looked like snow. Stuff that just looked like snow but was actually like little plastic flakes. That's what I assumed they meant. And now, and 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 now sometimes when I I went back and like watched the behind the scenes stuff for like Lord of the Rings and stuff, and they're like, oh, there's all this man-made snow. I'm pretty sure they were saying that stuff was really hot. Like that man-made snow was plastic, right? That stuff wasn't actually cold. So I'm getting a little bit confused. Like when they're, like when the hobbits, you know, and they're like trying to cross the mountain ranges and they're like, they're like waist deep. Ne the hobbits are neck deep in snow. That's all fake, like plastic snow, right? They weren't, that, that wasn't, anyways. Anyway, so there's man-made snow pumped out over the, onto the ski slopes and now is skiing down, pizzaing the whole way, you know, uh, but I mean, I just don't, I just didn't enjoy just the feeling of, you know, struggling to keep myself from speeding up. I'd rather work to speed up than to have to work.
to slow down. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just uh, it's like the opposite of the type of the opposite type of control that I'd like to have. And then, yeah, I don't know. It's just not my it's not not my cup of tea or cup of coffee like like this one right here. This this right here is my cup of coffee. Hmm, not bitter, not bitter at all. Um, but so, anyways, after I went down a few times, and the next day, I went down a couple more times, and I realized that I did enjoy it a few. I did enjoy it marginally more, slightly more, if I separated myself from the group, uh, because the group, you know, some of them were worse than me. One or two of them, people I was with, was worse at skiing than me, but most of them were a little bit better than me. A couple of them were uh, way, way better than me. Uh, and anyways, I found, I found out that I enjoyed the whole thing more, a little bit more if I was by myself, because then I could just go at my own pace and, and like work on developing some new skills and techniques, like, you know, like turning, you know, slaloming or whatever. I realized that if I was going up on these high, if I was going to go up onto the more difficult slopes that I would need to know how to, you know, like zigzag down the slope instead of just rocket straight down the slopes. If you're going steep enough. You can you can pizza the skis all day, and uh, you'll keep speeding up. It won't matter, you know. And that that was, anyways. Um, at one point, I just like I was just going very slowly down the slope on the very edge of the slope, and I was like trying to enjoy the scenery. All these snow-covered branches and trees by the side of the slope, but I just could not enjoy the scenery because the snow blowers. Um, this, the snowmaker blowers that create all this man-made snow that's not plastic. They were just all so deafeningly loud. Some of them are almost torturously loud. There, there are some that look like giant fans, but also some that look like giant, that look like flutes without any buttons or holes except for the, the hole at the very end. And those flutes also sounded like flutes from hell. And it was very, very torturous. I mean, I was not the only one that skied by with my fingers in my ears, skied by those, because they were, it was impossible how loud they were and how painful it was, the, the sound that came out of them. Anyways, and so I, I couldn't even enjoy the scenery, you know, looking at the the snow and the way the snow piled up on even the, the tiniest little branches and would wedge itself between the trees. And anyways, so I just went down to the lodge and, you know, stacked my skis up somewhere and went in. And the X Games were on, Aspen, Colorado. So I got a warm beverage and watched that. Re read a book on my phone or something, and I, and I was comfortable again, and much happier. I was not completely happy though because my actual boots were in the truck, and my friend had the, the keys of the truck, and he was out, you know, skiing, and actual ski boots are not that comfortable for casual wear. I will say this, snowboarders have it much better because they get to wear those snowboard boots, which are much, much closer to being actual normal everyday boots and seem like much less of a c inconvenience. Yeah. All right, wait, listen, everybody. I have to tell you about something strange that happens to me sometime, sometimes, something in my mind. So go ahead and strap in. Or, or go ahead and unbuckle in case, uh, in case you want to be, a, you know, have the option of being thrown to safety in the event of something crazy happening. If you think that's the better option. Some people do think that's the better option. Anyways, sometimes, uh, from time to time, sometimes this, I'm saying sometimes a lot, and time, anyways. And anyways, I'm saying anyways a lot. It doesn't matter. It matters a little bit. Regardless, let me say what I want to say. Stop stumbling over my own words. This happens. Um, varying frequency. Okay. Sometimes it happens only once every one or two weeks. And sometimes it doesn't happen for like three years. And it's something that happens entirely in my mind. It's like a weird... And I don't know if I've ever told anyone about this before. I might have mentioned it in a video already. I just didn't know. I don't remember what I talked about in my own videos. I, look, 
It usually happens while my eyes are closed, while I'm trying to, either while I'm trying to drift off to sleep in bed, or while I'm standing in the shower, uh, just enjoying the hot water pouring down over my body with my eyes closed there. And what happens is, um, my mind's eye seems to sort of glitch out. Now that I'm saying this, I feel like I might have mentioned it before in a video, or I might have just thought about mentioning it a lot. But my mind's eye, my imagination, seems to kind of run away uh, from me, and I can't control it. And it's a little bit scary. What I'm talking about here is a little bit scary. Um, basically, if I imagine, for example, a, a person riding a bike, what will happen is the proportions of everything I imagine uh, will spiral greatly out of control. Uh, say the person's arms uh, might suddenly be as thick as, you know, uh, barrels, and their legs might be the size of toothpicks, and then in the next split second, their legs will be as big as barrels, and their arms will be the size of toothpicks. And uh, this doesn't sound as, you know, scary in and, as it, in and of itself. I know that. Um, but the weirdest and scary part about it is uh, I have no control over it. Like, I can't choose. Usually in your imagination, you get to, like, you get to choose your own. You get to choose what you imagine, right? You're like, I'm going to imagine this. I'm going to imagine that. But this, I'm like, it's almost like I'm dreaming while I'm awake. And, and it's, it's scary just because I can usually control my own thoughts. And so it's usually, it's usually people. This usually only happens to people in my imagination. They're strange. It's usually the various thicknesses of body parts and how tall or thick or thin someone is. Just they're, they're like, they just start warping around and getting strange. Like they're, they're fi even people's fingers can somehow get as thick as like buses for a second. It, nothing, it's impossible to even draw uh, what I'm imagining because, you know, like someone's fingers wouldn't f fit on their hands if they were that big. Uh, but in my mind, there they are. The, the imagination is a powerful and scary thing. I don't know how it works, but so the, all these crazy images start, f you know, flitting through my mind and I can't, it's just, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm falling far short of describing what actually happens. Uh, but all these strange, you know, elephantitis sized images, you know, flow through like a, like a slideshow and, uh, I have no control over it. And it actually makes my heart rate go up and I get a little bit scared cause I just don't know what's going on or why it's happening. I used to think maybe it was something I had eaten. So like, uh, a couple times I remember it happening. I remember that I had had bananas. I had eaten a, like a couple bananas earlier in the day, or the day before. Uh, but, but then it happened later, and I hadn't eaten any bananas, and so I gave up trying to figure out if it was something I had eaten. I can hear my neighbors talking outside. Anyway, so I don't know what it was. I I feel like even after that explanation, no one has any idea what I'm talking about, or what is happening to me. So I'm just gonna go on, um, you know fighting this little weird mental glitch on my own. Not that I can fight it at all. I guess I could fight it just by opening my eyes and it, I mean, it never happens when my eyes are open, but I mean, when, when it does happen, I never do open my eyes until it's over because it's just like so weird and I'm just locked into it. Some morbid sense of curiosity of like, what's going to happen to me next? Despite nothing actually happening to me, it's definitely one of the stranger things in my life that happens to me on a semi-quasi-regular basis. Also, every now and then when I'm driving, I get hit with this sudden revelation, usually, or a sudden kind of a brief panic that, well, this usually happens when I'm going through a traffic light and it's green. It's always green, don't worry. I only go through them when they're green or, you know, just a nice fresh yellow. Uh, I get this sudden panic um, that maybe I'm not remembering the rules of the road right. Like, I asked myself, Peter, 
green does mean go, right? Pretty much every time I go through an intersection, I, I, I keep looking straight ahead. Every now and then I take a little glimpse to the right or the left. Um, but I'm pretty much ready or kind of half expecting just to get T-boned uh, at any second. Just because, like, what if I did get the get the, the, the lights wrong? You know, like, what if green means stop and red means go? That's such an easy mistake to make. And you're putting it all on the line just for remembering a little thing like that. It especially gets a little weird if you're, like, at a stoplight. You know, you're stopped here and there's someone stopped right next to you. It's like a two-lane four lane it's like a you know you stop there's two people you and the person next to you and the light turns green but you're quicker off the line than them and you're like wait that this was we are supposed to go right you're like second guess yourself this doesn't happen to me all the time it happens to me like every now and then and uh i don't know just like these little brief seconds of where i just i don't trust myself 100 percent and my, I don't trust my ability to remember the most basic rules of the road. Like, thankfully, I'm, for some reason, I, have, I, don't, I have no problems remembering which side of the road to drive on, thankfully. I, I feel like saying this stuff should, is going to start making people worry about me. Like, take his, take, take his license away. He's not fit to drive. Just so you know, I've never had a traffic ticket. I've never had any tickets at all. And... I've never gotten in an accident. Well, I have been in a traffic accident, a car accident, but I wasn't the one driving. Um, you know, so I'm a good driver. Okay. I am. Um, but then again, I don't think you should be too too cocky, too arrogant about how good your driving is. Because I feel like sometimes the best drivers, I mean, the people that get in accidents uh, the most or, or are the most prone to get in accidents are the ones that are the most, uh, you know, the, the people that overestimate their ability. Uh, to drive and to navigate the streets, but but driving really is a dangerous thing. You gotta you gotta trust yourself, uh, to, you know, to remember, you know, which lights, you know, which colors on the traffic lights means to mean do, doing what, and you gotta trust everyone else, you know, to stay on their side of the road in these crazy, multiple ton hunks of metal going sixty miles an hour straight at each other. You know, if I'm going sixty miles an hour one way and someone else is going sixty miles an hour straight towards me. Does that make a 120 mile an hour collision? I don't know. I think I dropped out of college physics. I think I did. Um, but anyways, yeah, it's a it's a scary thing that we that we do a lot. I feel like I've talked about that before. I feel like everybody talks about that before. Everybody's always like, "Yeah, driving is so dangerous. I can't believe we do it, and then we just keep doing it because there's because you gotta." You know, we've taken we've taken measures to make it safer. We give ourselves seat belts, and you know, roll you know, nice roll cages, and uh, you know, crumple zones, and what are those things called again? Airbags. I feel like you know, I feel like half the time people get. Sometimes I feel like I have my when I have my arm crossed on the steering wheel, I have it kind of like crossed over in front of me. Like, if, I think if the airbag went off right now, my arm would be smashed into my own face by the airbag. And it seemed extremely painful. And sometimes, when I'm on the passenger side of the car on a long road trip, it's very tempting and very comfortable, and I do do it. I said do-do. I do do it. I put my feet up on the passenger side dashboard, and I sit there and think for, for a second or two that if the... Uh, if, if the airbag went off right now, then uh, my feet, my own knees, will be rammed straight into my face. But I mean, driving's dangerous anyways, you know? Well, you know, whatever. Anyways, you can probably hear my neighbors upstairs. I think there was a loud thump. Thump, thump. Who knows what they're doing? They're just, they thump a lot. And not like sexual stuff either, just like regular, and not even like, it's not even like crazy like out of the ordinary like stuff that I can complain about they're just like I feel like most of the time I can hear all of it most of the time they're just like doing regular life stuff walking around walking from one end of the apartment to the other I can hear that just step 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 thump 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 I can hear all of it I just live in a the, the place I live just has thin up thin 
ceilings, I guess. I don't know. I lived on the bottom floor in another apartment in Florida before, and I couldn't hear any of this stuff except for when things got really exciting upstairs. I have no idea what the difference is. Just the general construction of the whole place, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, I'll get out of here one day. One day. Someday. It'll be good. But I think I am. Uh, I lived here for, what, November, December, January. Like a year and three months now. And I am... It took almost a year. (laughs) It took almost a year, but I am... I have noticed that I am a lot more used to the thumps than I was before. Um, I don't know if the thumps are waking me up less now and bothering me less than they were before. uh, But... um, Or maybe I just... I wake up from the thumps and I don't realize that it is the thumping uh, that, that, that did wake me up. Or I'm just uh, becoming slowly, becoming more and more oblivious. I, I, I've always believed that you can, you can get used to anything. Also, the thumping, one of the main things about the upstairs noise that bothered me the most was it would slow me down and put me off of my work. Like right now I'm recording a commentary, you know, for this podcast or recording a podcast. And I would have never done this. Um, right now, just because there's thumping, but right now I'm just powering through and, uh, I just don't care if you guys can hear the thumping anymore. I just don't care. It's fine. It's just part of my life. You guys can hear the thumping. If I can hear the thumping, you guys can hear the thumping. It's fine. Before I was just being like too much of a perfectionist. I'm like, I just want to make my videos. I just want my complete silence. And so I would like purposefully, almost sometimes purposefully, like mess up my own sleep schedule so that I would be awake during the middle of the night while they were all asleep uh, so that I could record things and talk uh, in the middle of the night while they were all asleep. And then sometimes I would take too long and I, would, I wouldn't get enough work done and they would, you know, and it, the, the night would wear on and, and I, I wouldn't uh, work quick enough. And I would be like in the middle of a commentary when they would start waking up at like five o'clock in the morning and I would have to wait like a whole nother day uh, before they all fell asleep again. And sometimes they would like stay up really late and it was just like stressing me out. So here I am. My work around to the thumping and all that is to just uh, stop caring. I don't care. Sometimes it still bothers me when it's just like really crazy stuff. Like, like I know for a fact somehow they have a legitimate boulder up there that they're rolling around sometimes. But uh, whatever. I'm a very passive person. You know, I do let people walk all over me sometimes. It's true. I know that. Uh, but confrontation is one of my least favorite things in life. So, I mean, I would, yeah. And I feel like even if I went up there and said, hey, guys, can you try to keep it down? Thanks. They would, they would probably keep it down for like a day or a week or two weeks or a month. But gradually, slowly, they would forget how much noise they were making. And they just go back to doing their thing. And even if they did, you know, stop making the ridiculously not loud, unrealistic, you know, uh, noises after, you know, even if they stopped making the, the unrealistic noises, I would still be able to hear all the normal noises. And I can't expect them to, you know, start hovering everywhere. It's not their fault that I can hear everything they're doing. So it's fine. Everything's okay. This is what I got myself into. I bought this apartment... I rented this apartment sight unseen when I lived in Chicago. I was like up in Chicago. My my landlord was selling my building, and I pretty much dropped a pin, uh, like blindly on. It wasn't really blindly, but I pretty much randomly chose cities out, out of a list of cities where I knew I had friends, like people I knew. So I don't know how many places that was, but I was like Wilmington. Hmm. Never lived in Wilmington. I know people there. I'm gonna move there. And so I just like found some place on Craigslist or Hot Pads or Padmapper or something. And then I emailed it to my friend. I was like, hey, you know about this place? Can you go like uh, look at it or something? Make sure, you know, it's not like, you know, in a tar pit or completely overrun with crackheads or something. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, it's right down the road from me. And it was. I, I live like right right down, like probably like half half a mile away from uh, the, one of my best friends that I was actually moving here because of, well, not because of, but the reason that the city was on the list. And, um, and so, uh, but anyways, he's like, oh yeah, it's like a, an apartment complex. It's a place. 
I didn't see any crackheads. Uh, I mean, I haven't really seen any crackheads, at least not like I did in Chicago sometimes, but maybe they're just a different breed. Who knows? They could be. The, the beach crackhead and the city crackhead, they, they probably are different, especially since it gets so much colder in Chicago. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I, I like rented it without even seeing what it was. I mean, he took a tour, my friend did, but they just showed him like a, uh, like a demo model, which would have, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of useless. You can't, you can't really see what you need to see from a demo model with all this extra furniture in it. You know, they fix it all up nice and no one has ever actually lived in it. And there might not even be anyone living upstairs and you can't really know anything in particular. I mean, important. I might've not even, even if I had come and looked at this apartment, uh, in person before moving in, Maybe I would have come and looked at it while there was no one home. Maybe they would have all been at work. And uh, I would have been, yeah, wow. I would, maybe I would have been like, yeah, wow, it looks so nice. And uh, it looks so nice and and uh, peaceful. I'll take it. And then I would have taken it and moved in. And immediately everyone upstairs would have come home from work, all 12 of them. And would have been hell on earth for another year before I got used to it. But now everything's okay. It seems... Uh, you really can't get used to anything. I like it. The human human body, the human mind, it's an amazing thing. I would recommend it to anyone. If you don't have the whole human body, human mind thing going on, if maybe if you're just a shell of a human and you don't have the mind, I would recommend picking up the mind uh, whenever you can. Or maybe if you're just like a human mind uh, floating around in, uh, in the air, or maybe you're just like some sort of consciousness on the internet listening to this and you don't have a human body, uh, it can be a bit of a pain. Sometimes there are a lot of drawbacks to the human body, but I would recommend picking it up, picking one up just for fun. I mean, uh, one of the biggest drawbacks of a human body is that you have to feed it, uh, which is one, it's a huge drag, really. Uh, sometimes I just get really into the, you know, I, I just get into working on something, into the zone, and I have to stop and feed myself. I have to put food in my body and it's a huge, it's a huge drag. You have to go to all this work and uh, some food is much more convenient and fun to eat and satisfying to eat than other food and invariably the easier food to get and eat is more satisfying to eat and good for you. And no, not, it's good for your, it's not good for you. It's good for your taste buds. But the stuff that's better for you, I'm getting texts. Um, uh, the food that is not, what was I saying? Anyways, you can get f food that's both good for you, good and good for you, but it, it usually takes more effort. And then besides feeding yourself, you've got to rest. You know, you've got to, I mean, you can do things like coffee. And I mean, I'm sure coffee is just some sort of gateway drug. Thankfully, I just do coffee. Uh, but um, you have to rest every now and then. It's a, it's, a, it's awful. Sleep. I love sleeping. I really love sleeping. But I wish I could do it on my own terms. Sleeping is one of the most delicious, say, you know, just the one of the best things that happens to me on a regular basis. I love sleeping. I love just falling asleep and drifting off into nothingness. It feels amazing. But I wish I could do it whenever I wanted instead of whenever my like little biological clock started winding down and telling me, Peter, you have to sleep now. Because sometimes I'm in the middle of something really important. Like, what the heck, body? And I wish that if I did get to choose when I got to sleep, it, at that point it would feel like I was really sleepy, you know? And, and I wouldn't have to lie there and toss and turn for forever. I'm pretty good at falling asleep pretty fast, almost all the time. I am. I am. I'm a good sleeper. I'm pretty. I'm a pretty sleepy sleeper. And then I wake up pretty good. Lately, I've been sleeping for about six or seven hours every night. I don't always sleep at night. Uh, sometimes I, I make a you know I made a I make a pot of coffee at a weird time, you know, if I feel like I'm getting a little bit tired, but there's still a lot of stuff I want to get done in the day, I make a pot of coffee, have a couple cups of it. I almost never finish a whole pot of coffee. Uh, there's always like another cup left in there, but I'd rather have too much than too little. 
but maybe that's a that's a wasteful attitude. Maybe I should change my ways. Um, but anyways, I make a pot of coffee, and I power through. That gives me, you know, I stay up for another six hours because of that, and my sleep schedule is officially reset. I kind of like, not completely reset, but it's like kind of turned around the old... I see the day, I see the day the, as a circle. I'm kind of turning my hand in the air right now. I don't know how to describe it. I'll have to think about it more before I describe that. But, And then I, I see the day as a circle, and my sleep schedule is like a semicircle, kind of around the edge of the, the day circle, sleep cycle thing. About what, I don't know what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. I know what I want to say. I just don't know how to put it into words. Okay? Maybe next podcast I'll tell you. Um, but yeah, so, uh, feel free to, uh, ask me any questions. Maybe I'll talk about it in the next podcast. Maybe I won't. This is Peter Draws. I mean, maybe I'm drawing things to a close right now. Sometimes I, there are false endings in some of these Peter Draws podcasts. Kind of like, kind of like fireworks shows. And you think for sure, for sure this must be the finale. This is incredible. For sure this must be the finale. But I've seen fireworks shows that seem to consist almost entirely of false finales. Uh, and I don't know if I like that. Some fireworks shows legitimately do go on for too long. Like, you know, they could have taken all of that crap where they dragged it out for so long. Like that, that, that 10 minutes of fireworks, take all those 10 minutes all the fireworks you set off in those 10 minutes and put all those into the finale and make the finale that much more awesome. And I don't, I, I just don't want to sit around watching fire. At some point they all start looking the same, you know, unless my favorite fireworks by far are just those noise makers. They, they just like, there's like a little pop in the air, but you can feel them inside your chest. Does they, they send out like a shockwave of noise through the air. It's pretty amazing. I don't know why they don't make, like all the fireworks make that noise. It's pretty amazing. I guess it's just like an explosion. I mean, they're all explosions, but I'm pretty sure when I was little, I wanted to be either a, I've wanted to be a lot of different things when I was little. I went through a lot of phases, but one of the things I wanted to be for the longest time was a demolitions expert that I think that went on for several, like many years, you know, like one of the people who Swings a wrecking ball. I don't know if they actually ever swing wrecking balls anymore. That seems pretty barbaric and sloppy and dangerous. Maybe they do. Or the people that go inside, you know, the, the buildings and, uh, you know, put all the explosives in there. Uh, but looking back now, looking forward, that actually seems kind of boring. It just seems like a lot of planning. And the only fun part is when you actually, you know, push the button or push the little plunger down on the dynamite thing and I feel like you can watch that happen if you just you know find some sort of schedule of demolitions in your area and you can you can get the same amount of satisfaction without actually going to school to be a demolitions expert or whatever those people are is that like the opposite of a civil engineer knocking down whatever what else ever everyone builds or is it kind of civil engineering also you know I don't know Anyways, besides that, what I wanted to be was like one of those pyrotechnic experts, some sort of, you know, pretty much be a fire wizard. That would be pretty cool. Work with, work with fireworks, etc. I mean, which, what little boy doesn't want that? I did. Anyways, um, yeah, this is Peter Draws, the Peter Draws podcast. Um, I'm not sure what, I haven't drawn at the at the time of me recording this podcast, I haven't drawn whatever you've just watched me draw. And um, so that's a weird kind of little temporal thing. Like, wow, time is weird. And no, it's not that weird. But um, so right now I'm kind of daydreaming about what I might draw. You know, before I do, before this version of me. Have you guys ever watched Primer? That's a crazy time travel movie. There's a little bit of time travel happening right now in this video because there's like two versions of me. One version of me that's drawing something uh, that happened. The drawing happened after me that's talking right now. The little version of me that's there on the paper is later in time than the version of me that's talking. 
and it knows things that, that I don't know, like what kind of drawing I did. I don't know about the future that that one does. I don't know that's, I don't, I don't know why that's so weird to me right now, but it's pretty weird to me right now. I don't know that, I, that, that kind of stuff happens in my videos a lot. I don't know why that never, that just struck me at a weird angle in my, in my head. Anyways, uh, goodbye everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, I have no idea. Once again, I have no idea what I talked about in this video. So someone just give me a little, if someone could just, just one person who's feeling very studious, uh, it may probably help other people too. Just give me like the little rundown, the cliff notes of what I talked about. Just like a little book. No, just like some bullet points. That way I'll know not, I'll know what not to talk about, uh, in the next podcast. So we don't get too much repeat content, but I mean, I'm not afraid of repeat content. I mean, I'll just talk about the coffee maker again for an hour. I don't care. I mean, I know some of you do want this to be an hour, but I mean, that's like nine minutes away, 10 minutes away, an hour. That's a long time to talk. I don't think I could ever do that. I could never talk for an hour. Maybe I could. The next video might be an hour. This, in fact, I mean, I haven't stopped recording this one yet. This one might be an hour. But now, now what? Now sitting here talking about it, it's a little bit weird. I feel like I should just end it before it gets to an hour. I mean, there's a little bit of stuff back at the beginning of this recording I have to clip. I mean, looking at the recording right now as I'm doing it, it says it's at 51 minutes and 55 seconds. But if I go back to the beginning and clip out some of the stuff I have to clip out, it'd probably be more at like 50 or 48 or something. It's impossible to know. It's impossible to know. You guys are probably like, he's Peter. You think you're at 52 seconds and 52 seconds right now, but you're not. Peter, you don't know what you're talking about. It's okay. You don't have to know what you're talking about to talk about things. It helps. It, if you know what you're talk about, talking about when you talk about things, uh, it frustrates other people a little less. The people who do know what you're talking about. But, uh... People who also don't know what you're talking about just kind of nod along and everyone's happy, I guess. I don't know. Definitely not a, definitely not the best way to go about things, but, uh, at least you're not like deliberately t telling lies, I suppose, but definitely not the best way to go about things. It's better to know what you're talking about, but I still maintain the opinion that it's nice to not know some things. It's nice for there still to be some wonder left in the world. If you know everything, I think life would be boring. I think it would. Hmm. Anyways, I'm gonna go draw a picture for this video now. I wanna tell you that I want to use some colored pencils, but then if I don't end up using some colored pencils, uh, then you'll all be disappointed. Like, Peter, you didn't use colored pencils. But at the moment of me saying this, I feel the urge to use some colored pencils, but we'll have to see if that happens or not. We'll have to see. Okay, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. This is uh, this has been episode three, Peter's content-free podcast. Sorry if there was too much content. I did talk about some pretty powerful stuff in there, like mind. I don't. I don't remember what I said. Okay, goodbye. Goodbye.